Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Do you ever notice when you come here to these shows that I'm sitting here wiggling with my co-host before they say that we're going to go live? Because I give you like three seconds of behind the scenes in case there's something really groovy going on that I don't want you to miss. <laughs> so this is Dr. Deb Carlin here with Brian Lunt. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing fabulous today. You are doing fabulous today. You look fabulous. Thank you. Did you have a lovely weekend? It's Monday. I did have a pretty nice weekend. You know, I spent uh, a lot of time with my kids and we enjoyed, uh, you know, keeping ourselves busy in the indoors. Yeah. With, uh, everything that's going on. So you get creative when you have to uh, find new ways to entertain yourself. So, <laughs> you know, it's been fun. You really do. And you've got your house looking like Christmas, so that was fun, right? <clears throat> we do. Yeah, it's got uh, got all the fun stuff. It's it's a challenge when you have a three-year-old in your household with all the ornaments and the different decorations <laughs> that are around. She likes to explore and find uh, how things work, and sometimes right. the fragile things are, give you a little stress. Right. It's like having a cat in the house. It is, yeah. A friend of mine sent me a photograph. Actually, she put it up on Facebook. <clears throat> Big Christmas tree, undecorated. She's getting everything pulled together. She's got animals. She turns, she turns around, and the cat is sitting at the top of the tree, like the angel at the top, you know, or the star at the top. And she just snapped the picture. She said, I turned around, and there he was. I mean, it's like, what do you do? If you scream, they jump off, and they knock the tree over with their back feet, right? So you got to act really cool. When I had cats, they used to climb up the trunk and go lay on a branch with their legs hanging off the sides, wow. like a balancing act. And I, yeah. you know, it's like, what do you say? Get out of there. I mean, they're, they're just going to do what they want to do there. It was kind of funny, actually. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you're here. And so we're not just here to talk about the fun part of life. We're here to talk serious business. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. But that's a lot of fun. So that's kind of a, our little oxymoron here this morning. So Brian Lunt is the creator of the St. Louis Business Club, which, by the way, is something I absolutely adore. I think that um, the St. Louis community is ripe for this place. It's a fabulous idea. It's a non-competitive environment because Brian Lunt is not a competitor. He is great at what he does. There is no competition when you're great at what you do. And when you've got this internal confidence that you're supplying something that everybody needs, like, what's to compete about? Just come on in. We'll make it all happen together, right? That's right. So you invented the St. Louis Business Club. We, we talk about this every Monday. We're going to talk about this every Monday. And we want our audience to get really familiar with it and acclimated to it. It's not just an ethereal place. It's both online and in person in St. Louis, Missouri, you got a great facility. And, you know, the thing that I really like is that your, your whole design from all along was to make it so accessible for people so that virtual, even before 2020, virtual was a component of it. You're building out a studio in there so you can have, you know, groovy videos and all that, all that stuff, much like this. And um, what else do you have going on there? What's been going on there? It's... Uh... You know, one of my mentors always says, I'm just hanging on to my skateboard. You know, it, 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 there's so much going on all the time. It's hard to even keep track. Yeah. Um, what I <clears throat> what I like to do, my favorite thing to do is get to know people. 
much like this, how we spend our time together and get to know one another and, and talk about fun, interesting things. Oh, that's yeah. Kind of like, that's kind of what I do on a daily basis. And so we have established uh, masterminds. I used to call them strategy sessions. Um, you know, it, it really doesn't matter what you call them, but it's a, it's a routine event on a weekly or monthly basis to bring people together in a specific uh, forum or for a specific topic. And we figure out ways that we can make one another better. We figure out ways that we can make our businesses more successful. Uh, and we really, at the end of the day, just want to improve each other and improve people. And so that's what I get to do on a regular basis. And so I have a variety of groups that come together and a variety of one-on-one -on -one clients and businesses that I work with. And, and the vast majority of that time is spent you know, analyzing where people are in kind of the six areas of life, six areas of business, and how we can cut through some of the noise and, and, and identify the bottlenecks and, and move forward and move things um, towards what they're trying to achieve, what their biggest dreams are. And what I try to do on a routine basis is remove all those barriers for everyone. And so I'm very, uh, I always you know, default to say I'm honest and authentic. I think that just gives me an excuse to be very blunt with people. Yeah, I think it does too. Blunt, Brian, lunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've had be lunt, blunt in my, uh, you know, periphery my entire life on, uh, and, and, I, and it has stuck. It is part of my character. And so I think, I hope that I've developed kind of a style that is very uh, honest with people. And, and I, I've even told you, I often say that honesty is my best and worse straight because people always know they're going to get the honest answer out of me. If you if your dress is pretty, I'm going to tell you, tell you your dress is pretty. If it's ugly, I might tell you that it's not, not so pretty. No, but oh, no. the truth. Oh, so Brian. I think it's very important and very efficient to be truthful. Uh, as long as you can do it with a smile on your face and, uh, and know that you, that people have, I, I want people to know that I have their best interests at heart. Mm. Um, another part of our, another uh, gentleman in our club, Bruce Wainer, who represents our uh, financial master, um, he's the same way. I know that I can go to Bruce and he will give me an authentic, you know, um, objective opinion. If I say, Bruce, is this a bad idea? He'll say, yeah, it is. And, and this is how you improve it. And that's, and, and I know that he comes at a, uh, from a source of love and from a source of uh, wanting people to succeed, mm -hmm. but he just doesn't sugarcoat anything, which is fantastic, especially when you're talking about financial matters. He just says, no, that's a bad, that's not the best so way to go. Or did, it you, is. did you see the movie Mary Poppins when you were a child? Of course. Okay. So do you remember that she sang a song, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down? Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Let me tell you one brief little vignette, which is why I exploded when you said, ah, ugly dress. So I was once upon a time married, fabulous man, and I'm getting ready to go to an event, and I am and I am the speaker. It's my event. There's like about 150 or so people that are going to be in my audience, and I know them, and they know me. And I put on, you know, these this cute skirt that I love, and, you know, this, this shirt, and this sweater, and and my, you know, sort of uh, lacy hose and a pair of flats. And I put my hair up in a bun on my head. And I mean, I'm like ready. So I go downstairs and I say to this loving man who was Prince Charming for me. I said to him, 
ta-da, what do you think? And he looks at me and he goes, so that's what you're wearing? <laughs> so I looked at him. We had a great relationship. I looked at him and I said, okay, let me, let me set this up for you. I'm leaving here in about 11 minutes. And I have to go and be groovy in front of all these people. And you are my heartthrob and you are my everything. So here's what I'm going to say. I just walked in the room just now and we're going to just do a retake. And he goes, (laughs) and I, so I went, ta-da. And he goes, oh, baby, you got it going on, girl. I mean, you are just it. And I went, I love you. You are great. And I gave him a big hug and a kiss. And I, and I went out and I went and I did my thing. Of course, I told the audience about it. And they all, you know, roared laughing. But here was the point. When we came back together later, I wasn't aggravated with them or anything. I said, mm-hmm. you know what? Thank you so much for falling in line with me. So mm-hmm. tell me, what was it about that outfit that, you know, like you didn't think was spectacular? And he said, well, first of all, I think you're really sexy with your hair down. And I said, okay, I wasn't going there to be sexy. And he goes, this, still. And then, you know, like you have a really small waist, which at the time I did. And he said, you know, you weren't cinched. It was just kind of long and hanging. And I just thought, you know, it wasn't your best. And I said, so what you're telling me was it wasn't hot for you this morning. And he goes, yeah, kind of. <laughs> okay, that's fine. But, you know, um, when, when people say, I mean, I really, I'm so fond of you. I mean, I love you. I, you know, we're partners in this thing and, 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 um, People really want to hear what you have to say. And if they become afraid that our honesty is going to like, whoa, wow. You know, it's always about the way that we articulate it. You're very articulate. So I don't think you're, I don't think you're as tough as you think you are, as brutal. You are honest though. Yeah. And that's, and, and you've given, you know, two different contexts in my opinion. And I love you. I love your example because, there are there are two different things. If somebody comes to me and says, what is your opinion of this dress and how do I look given these parameters? That's one scenario, which I always <laughs> challenge people to ask good questions because if you ask me a question, I'm going to answer it based on the way you asked it, right? Do and I look somebody, okay? <laughs> and so, so somebody comes in and says, how does this look for me to feel good and confident and wonderful on stage? Yeah. It's a different context, right? And it could be circumstantial. So... I love the way that you frame that because <laughs> there are different ways that you can answer things based on what somebody is coming to you for. Absolutely. Do you want an authentic answer of your opinion or do you want me to give you, you know, the cheerleading aspect of it that says go own that stage. Yeah, and, right. You know, yeah, because I also believe in the same way this is a good example to utilize because there are people that take strange looking outfits and make them their own and their own brand. And they're in many cases, the only people that make it look sexy or make it look right. interesting and, and right. fun. Right. And you put that on somebody else and it looks completely out of place. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And, so, Absolutely. and so it is extremely subjective given context. But right. if, you know, if you flash two things up in front of somebody and say, which one looks better? That's a very simple. Well, very, yeah, exactly. That one looks better. Yeah, right, exactly, right. And then you listen. Now, listen. I want to. I want to. I want to say something here to be really clear. I have been the recipient of your of your um, feedback and your judgment when I was presenting 
to you previously about my institute and how to do all that. And your feedback was spot on, brilliant. You had me thinking about things that I hadn't thought of before. So if our audience goes, did she just contradict Brian Lunt? Now I'm playing with them because really the, you know, the K factor is always alive, the kindness factor, all the things that we do that are really kind. And really, if, if I never, I never suggest that somebody, you know, thinks that they're being kind, if they lead people down a path that's going to be counterproductive. I mean, that's just, that's just, that's having no courage. So I applaud in a big way, and I think it's why we do the Thursday show about riding the lion, because yeah. you have the courage, you, Brian Lund, have the courage to get on that lion, and you also have had the courage to create the St. Louis Business Club in an entrepreneurial region where a lot of people think, well, we already got it. No, you don't. I'm here to say, no, you don't. So my honest, my honesty, my raw, naked honesty, my blunt, blunt type honesty is, the St. Louis Business Club is unique and very different than any other co-working space. That doesn't cut it. Entrepreneurial community ecosystem. This is a very, very different paradigm. And, and I'm very um, happy, you know, that you and I are connecting on this because I think we have a very similar viewpoint of the St. Louis culture and the way that we fit or don't fit inside of the um, entrepreneurial ecosystem. Right. You know, I have, I have a lot of opinions um, about how things operate. I also feel very um, uh, justified in having those opinions because I am as big a fan of St. Louis as you will find Oh yeah. all over the world. And I love this city. And it's funny because one of my good friends, John Zarbach, has a rallying cry that I just, I absolutely love. It's a little crude, but, um, but I love it. And okay. He says he came, we were in a, a meeting uh, several months ago and he said, I'm sick and tired of living in a city with potential. And he basically said, F your potential. And I love that because St. Louis has been the city of potential, meaning it's, it's not doing well now, but it could do well if everybody would rally behind a common purpose. And, and I think he and I both share this concept that what are we waiting for? Yeah. Why are we waiting for these supposed leaders to lead us towards something that we can do for ourselves? Hooray. Right? And so John, who is a, uh, who does his work through the, the body, through the physical body, he says, I want to make as many superhumans by leading with their body so that that then ripples outwardly to the rest of our St. Louis society. And I believe the same thing. Let's find, let's find people's passion so that they are personally driven and motivated internally. And then that will ripple out into our community. And with the ecosystem itself, one of the reasons that I pursued the entrepreneurial path is because the Cortex district that's been built here in the, in the central West End area, Midtown, probably the most exciting thing we've had in a number of decades, because I believe we had misguided leadership that looked to attract outside companies to come in and, and build, you know, a mm-hmm. magnet for what could come in. And unfortunately, we don't have the business and, and, and capitalistic mechanisms to make that attractive. We right. don't. And, and having certain leadership and certain people in charge are not going to create that. And so 
for me, I believe that the St. Louis flavor is, is starting companies, building them into Fortune 500. And if they stay, that's wonderful. But if they go, that's just as good because then we can be known as a space that creates Fortune 500. And, mm-hmm. I, and we've had leadership over the last number of decades that have tried to attract those Fortune 500 companies back or they've tried to do all these bells and whistles. Instead of just looking for what we have right here, yeah. which is wonderful St. Louisans and people that can build incredible companies. And I want outside people to come into St. Louis and be St. Louisans. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there's that flavor to St. Louis that I think is um, <laughs> it's very unique and, and special. And so that's why I jumped into entrepreneurial ecosystem. That's when I want to really throw some fire on. And I'm hopeful that some of the uh, consolidations that are happening in our, in our ecosystem will help continue that, or at least, you know, um, put an emphasis on that. But I have my doubts because I I look at the centralized focus that works well for a certain population of the ecosystem and not so well for the rest of us. You know what? I love what you're saying. And quite frankly, um, one of the things that, that, I'm really excited about is our alignment for the Missouri Venture Forum, which is 36 years old, which is is really, I mean, it's foundational in this whole community of entrepreneurs. And, and you know, the men who created that were just kind of, you know, innocently coming together every every month to have breakfast, to network among themselves. They were the accountants and the attorneys, the investors, the lawyers, and they were saying, you know what, my kids are brilliant. And, you know, they're starting these entrepreneurial ventures and they're leaving. We need to figure out a way to keep them here. Let's hook them up. Let's do the networking in here for our kids and get them to stay. And one of the things I love when you were talking about the flavor of St. Louis, I love the flavor and the logo, the mantra, the motto of Missouri. We are the show me state. Mm -hmm. And I think that anything that we do in Missouri that we can be a shining light for the rest of the country and for the rest of the world is amazing. And here's another thing that we've got in our favor. We are the core of America. We are Midwestern values, very grounded. Come on, we're the Mississippi River. We're Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn, you know, Mark Twain, and, and really wonderful old-fashioned core values. And there are places in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, you know, and just across the river, like look at Calhoun County. Oh my goodness, you go, you go to at Calhoun County. It's like, are we back in the 1800s? Because this sure does feel pretty spectacular. But there's color here. I thought it was going to be a black and white movie any second now, because it's so primitive and old fashioned. But you know, that's a part of the grounding. And the grounding, you know, it's like. There's, there's a wonderful company called Earthworks, which is all about grounding. Now, why are we doing that kind of funny stuff? Because people move so fast in this life and get caught up in the high-rise buildings. They never walk outside and, and breathe and take off their shoes. And I'm talking core science. I'm not talking flaky stuff. When yeah. people are at the St. Louis Business Club, Here's one of the things I noticed about you, and I don't know when the last time you took your shoes off, but you act like it was this morning. You're grounded, Brian, and that's what people need because when you come in with an entrepreneurial dream, you have got a fire in your belly, you're eager to go, 
and you can get way out into the ethers and not pay attention to the details of business. And that's one of your talents. You know the details of business. So in terms of that honesty thing that we're talking about, if I come to you and I say to you, I want to tell you about my dream, you go, okay, I hear you. That's the mission. Okay. That's the passion. Okay. What's the accounting system? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so there's, there's, I have two responses to, to that. Um, from the St. Louis context, I can I can rally behind St. Louis better than any city in the world for multiple reasons. Yeah. Uh, if we, you know through some of the research and the work that we've done with our core group, uh, Eric Legrone, who serves as our spiritual master, he understands the the ancient um, foundations of the Cahokia civilization, which is based right here in yeah. St. Louis, and he can look at the astrological uh, connections to St. Louis and how it's laid out from a, a Masonic and uh, symbology perspective. And he can make the argument that at one time, the St. Louis area was the center of the universe, the center of the world. And so there are some very compelling uh, historical uh, references to St. Louis. Then we can get into the things that most St. Louisans understand, which are the, the first uh, American Olympics was in St. Louis. We was it really? Yes. I didn't know that. During the World's 1904 World's Fair, they had the first uh, Olympics in St. Louis for, for America. Um, there's so much rich history here. Another colleague of mine has been researching the, the riverfront for uh, the last few years, and he has basically discovered that it was a revolutionary um, area, almost similar to the French Quarter in New Orleans, and there was a lot of wild stuff going on uh, almost to the point that they eliminated it all and built the Arch Riverfront because they wanted to displace all of this kind of wild <laughs> shenanigans that were going on. And so there is just story after story and culture and heritage that's in St. Louis that I'm absolutely fascinated by. Yeah. And there's still incredible amounts left to be uh, discovered. And yeah. so one of the other projects that I'm working on is trying to get the, the stories of St. Louis published and, and put together and, and developing you know, films and, and shows and other things that, that really showcase St. Louis. Oh, I love uh, that. So that's, you know, that's that's at the core uh, of what I believe St. Louis to be. So it's not it's not because I just was born here and and I'm, I'm very, you know, fond of my home city, which I am, but there is a reason. There's a lot more there. I think St. Louis should be on par with the New Orleans and San Francisco and New York and Chicago and all these other uh, cities that, that when you're other places in the world, you know, they say, where's St. Louis? And you <laughs> say, well, it's close to Chicago. And that's the reference that people get, you know, it's right in the middle of the country, you know, they, and most of the people who have never been to America say, how close is it to New York? Or LA? That, you know, the, the A short flight. <laughs> that's the only thing you can say. You know yeah. what? It's funny. I want to clarify my passion for St. Louis, Missouri. I'm from Chicago, and when and and I was one of those Chicagoans. Um, I when I I was dating somebody that I, I ended up marrying, and he was from Iowa, but he was living in St. Louis, and you know was involved with Washington University and all this. And and I met him in Chicago with friends, and he said, "Well, you should come to St. Louis and visit me." And I said, "Is that like the movie with Judy Garland and?" What's his yeah. name? And, you know, meet me in St. Louis, Louis. And he, and he said, 
No. That would be <laughs> another century, you know. I'm talking about St. Louis, Missouri now. Do you know about the arch? And I was like, yeah, I do yoga. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have a clue. Get on the train. Come on down and visit. We've got this great Union Station. So I was really, um, I love jazz. So it's kind of funny that I didn't really recognize it, right? But St. Louis is, here's what I tell people. Well, first of all, the only reason that I've had any popularity at all in St. Louis, I'm convinced, is because I'm from Chicago. And when people would say, where'd you go to Where'd you go to high school, which is a big question in St. Louis, sort of an inside joke. Um now outside for the whole world to hear. Um, it's an identifier. But um, people would say, where'd you go to high school? I'd say Chicago. Oh, well, where's mm-hmm. that at? No, in the city of Chicago. There's no Chicago high school here in, in St. Louis. And then people would say, I love Chicago. But, you know, it, it, the, the thing that I would say to people is um, Chicago is a big city. It's wonderful and vibrant. And people are wonderful and friendly here. I mean, it's got a whole mm-hmm. flavor into itself fans, you know, the Bears and all that kind of stuff, you know, the leading teams. And mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and then St. Louis, but there's a frenetic energy. There's an intense energy up here that is like, you know, man, get out of my way. And I go to St. Louis, I swear it added decades to my life because it is a big town, small city, and that's a compliment, not an insult. And there's a quintessential nature about it. It is far enough south that you get this very genteel, polite and friendly and warm and truly caring community, which I adore. And the pricing of everything in St. Louis, Missouri, far exceeds what unreasonableness we have here in the Chicago area. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, the, the, there are a couple of things that are uh, negative about St. Louis. I mean, our crime rates and the way that we're perceived for crime uh, is a big, you know, um, blemish on yeah, how great right. our city is, you know, and that's something that I still don't understand why it's not more of a focus from our leadership and from our community. It seems, seems pretty, you know, blatant that that's something that we should all work towards eliminating or understanding better. Now you're welcome to America because that's our country right now. Yeah. And that's, but St. Louis also, like you're saying, has this wonderful, um, you know, combination of all the pieces of, of our country, you know, And, and I think some of the best things in our country, some of the good blends. I mean, we have a food scene that's incredible. Yeah, it is. Culture in these different, you know, uh, areas of St. Louis that all have their, their own little flavor, the different communities, you know, there's, Delicious. there's, you know, Chinese heritage, there's Irish heritage, there's the Italian districts. Oh, I mean, yeah. there's just all these really interesting uh, areas. And, you know, we do have our own little flavor of, of hospitality. You know, it's, um, I often say that the currency of St. Louis is relationships. And that's one of the areas that I've, I've oh, tried to develop myself or, over the last number of years, and and I try and accumulate as many good, good, real, you know, authentic relationships as I possibly can because St. Louisans are very um, forthcoming with the relationships. I have, an, you know, something that I say that anyone in St. Louis, no matter how famous or rich or whatever you are, is one person away, and that's I, I, I have not found a way to discount that. I can get to anybody in St. Louis in one relationship. And that is, that, that's a testament to how 
uh, open everyone in St. Louis is. You know what? You're right. I'm just thinking about that. Yeah. I'm thinking about all the people that I know who are really. Well, I mean, I, and I play the game all the time. You know, you go John Hamm, and I go, well, I know 15 people that went to John Burroughs with with John Hamm, and if I called any one of them, they go, yeah, I can probably get you to John Hamm if, if you really want to. You know, there's got to be a purpose behind it, and right, a reason, right. and something in it for them. But you know, you think of all these wonderful people that we have, and there's another project that I was working on uh, a couple of years ago that kind of had this whole St. Louis theme. So when I left my banking career, I started a project called Top 50 STL, which was all about uh, promoting positive stories about St. Louis. Well, top one of, 50 TL. And it yeah. was the top 50 stories? Top, top 50, 50 positive people? stories about St. Louis every week. Oh, really? Yeah. And so one of the projects that I was working on, I am a little bit critical of our tourist industry and the folks that are in charge of branding St. Louis, um, mostly through the news media because it's, you know, murder after murder instead of... Yeah, right. That's not a good brand. But we also had this uh, motto of St. Lou is, and then it had all these different things on it, which I am not a huge fan of. I, Uh, I did not pay attention to that. It's, they spent millions of dollars on the advertising campaign. It was all over St. Louis and still is. And uh, it's just, I don't think it represents St. Louis, the St. Louis that I want to uh, It's promote. disrespectful. It, I just don't, I just don't like it. There's, you know, that's me telling you that your dress is ugly. Um, <laughs> I look at, I look at the campaign who all the people in the center corridor of making decisions in St. Yeah. Louis probably think is, amazing and it's not um, no. I wanted to transition into a new uh, slogan which I called uh, come home to St. Louis and the idea was we are we were seeing especially with the the blues doing really well yeah. some of the, the sports things coming along that you know celebrities and 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 successful people that have left St. Louis um, still love St. Louis yeah. And they would come home to St. Louis if we had the infrastructure to support them. Yeah. You know, John Hamm would have no problem. John Goodman would have no problem making movies in St. Louis if we had a movie industry. And we so, did for a while. Mm-hmm. We really and did. I, and we're working. That's one of the projects that I'm working on is, is developing a film industry in St. Louis. But um, the Come Home to St. Louis uh, campaign was had three uh, target markets. It was the people like you were saying, who grew up in St. Louis and all our young people were leaving. Well, there's been countless stories of these boomerangs where people will go to New York, they'll go to LA, they'll go to other cities, they'll spend some time in those cities and realize I'm a little homesick. Yeah, right. And I actually want to raise my children where I was raised, and so they come back and they come home to St. Louis. The other target market are folks that have never been or experienced St. Louis, and I'm, I'm challenging them Come home to St. Louis. Make St. Louis your home because we want you here and we think it's a wonderful place to call home. And then the people that are already here, come back home to St. Louis. Be a tourist in your own town. Understand how phenomenal this city is and the people are and and take it in through a new lens and come home. And let's rally behind each other in our community and let's turn this city into something that's world class. And, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I had... On my list, my to-do list five years ago, when I had, you know, the top 10 things I wanted to accomplish in my life, one of those was turn St. Louis into a world-class city. And I absolutely believe 
that St. Louis has the um, has the pedigree to to have been a world class city and be a world class city again, mm-hmm. and not based on potential, but based on right now. And yeah, let's thank stop you. Talking about potential, and make yes. it happen. Now. It is. Yeah, I agree with you. First of all, you know what the character of St. Louis, the longevity of it, the the architecture. Oh my gosh, the architecture in St. Louis is absolutely stunning, spectacular. I don't know that we even really have anything in Chicago that can compare anymore. Because what we used to have was, you know, the old mansions up on the North Shore of Chicago. And mm-hmm. we have people who are who are buying a $15 million piece of property and knocking it down. Yeah. And building oh. to I'm thinking, what? Wait a second, what are you doing? We we've got we've got homes and structures in this town that if they were in other areas of the world would be worth millions and millions of dollars. My my friend Matt, who's who lived in LA and did a lot of stuff in the film industry for many years, he bought a house in kind of the Gravoy Park area. And he has a colleague who lives in New York and he said his colleague's house cost eight million dollars and his cost probably three hundred thousand dollars, right? Exactly. And and it's the same house. You know, and and, and then you get the amenities of St. Louis, you're just not in New York. And if we could communicate to the rest of the world what we have here, I think people would be coming in droves. And when you look at what you can get, if you look at spending a million dollars on a home in the city of St. Louis, you can have one of the most amazing mansions on the planet. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's some of the architecture and some of the craftsmanship that has gone into these properties especially when you get to the north where things have, have taken a turn, uh, you know, in, into uh, disregard and disrepair, you put a little bit of money into some of these neighborhoods and properties and it will be just off the charts Absolutely. in terms of, of the quality and the, uh, and the charm. I mean, yeah. you, walk through, you walk through Boston and some of their neighborhoods and you see these properties and you're going million, three, four, seven, eight million dollars and I'm going... Exactly. I can walk down neighborhoods in St. Louis and they're <laughs> 10,000, 20,000. And you think, oh my goodness, if, if we had, you know, just the, the amount of energy that we need to put into this place right. and to revitalize it to what it once was, world class in, in no time at all. So let me ask you a question. <clears throat> in the St. Louis Business Club, do you have, I know you've got, you've got um, the spiritual side, you've got some business coaches, you've got some some foodies, you've got the exercise part of it, you've got you've got some wonderful people, you know, like Dr. G, say his last name. Garjula. Garjula. I mean, he, Dr. Tom Garjula is, to me, really world class. I mean, the guy yeah. just absolutely, um, there I go with my Chicago twain, the guy. That gentleman is, is, a, is a supreme healer and, and very... Um, humble about it. We've got great people inside the St. Louis Club. I am in the St. Louis Club. We've got influencers that I've introduced you to a couple of people who are influencers there. But do we have do we have real estate developers in there? Because in in really powerful marketing and advertising people cuz Brian, I think you're really onto something. Your spirit and your fortitude and mine as well, but you as the inventor and creator and founder of St. Louis Business Club, I can see your vision. I can feel it. I can see. Yeah, it, it, you know, 
I know I've, I've been very fortunate to have met a lot of people over the last number of years. I mean, that has been my mission. I once joked to my dad, I said, I just wouldn't mind having coffee or lunch with just about everybody in St. Louis at some point, <laughs> you know, and I was halfway joking, but halfway serious yeah, because yeah. I love meeting people. I do. Yeah. And I, I think everybody, 100% of people can teach you something. Absolutely. Somebody, somebody knows something that you don't know. And so I, I just really enjoy getting to know people. And um, the thing with the St. Louis evolution is that there's just been this centralized focus and it's been, you know, I have a natural allergy for, for the elites and for people who are kind of in it for themselves, or at least it has to benefit them first. And, and even the cortex district, which I am such a fan of has evolved I should say it began with a great uh, cooperation between our educational institutions, between some real estate developers and, and between, you know, um, some of the more fortune 500 and the Monsanto's, which became, you know, this kind of ag focus that we have that's unique to St. Louis. They, they put a lot of time and effort and energy and money into developing that district. It has turned into more of a corporate flavor, and I think that's the big difference between what I believe and what things eventually become, is that there's kind of a corporate or a bigger business mentality (laughs) that I don't feel comfortable inside. It's not that I can't talk to anybody. I love, you know, CEOs down to janitors. I just probably do better with the janitor. You know, I just enjoy people at, at a more raw level. At a less um, and sophistication isn't the word that I, I mean to say, but um, you know I just like people that are people. And so what I'm really incentivized to do and motivated to do is kind of combine the freelancers and the entrepreneurs and the small business owners uh, amongst the entire region so that they have a resource, they have a network of people, and they have a spirit amongst them that allows them to get answers to you know find cheerleaders to go to a centralized place that gives them the same amenities that the corporations can get, but not at the, you know, uh, giving up freedom or giving up control over your own life or, you know, listening to, you know, other people tell you what to do because you right. work for a corporation, you know, right, kind right. Of not selling your soul, but it, in some ways that kind of is how passionate I feel about it is that I want everybody to be self-governed and self-direct their own lives. And the more, tools that I can help them achieve and the more um, capabilities to take that control, that's really what it's, it's all about is trying to figure out, um, you know, how can we give power back to the people and let them live the life that they want to lead by choosing the, the pathway, the, um, the career or the business that they want to start in order to allow them to do that. So do you mind if I, do you mind if it I really is about, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It really is about, um, this balance between a centralized, you know, more corporate, bigger business, bigger government focus and a more loose kind of freelancers, small businesses unite um, model. And, you know, a good example is with the regional chamber of commerce, which represents kind of more of the fortune 500 level um, businesses in town. I went to their leader and said, you know, if I were in charge of uniting our, um, region, I'd go directly to the small chambers of commerce around the 15 counties that they oversee, and I'd find out from those leaders on the ground 
what are you doing to help your community? Because they're all based in, you know, all the municipalities. Right. So feed at that level. And then get the communications upward and downward so that you can help support not just the big businesses, but all the small businesses as well. And so that's that's a big part of what I'm trying to do is get is get those small businesses, entrepreneurs, people that just need a little bit more structure and help uh, pulled together so that we can kind of unite and make us and lift everybody up. Well, you know, I think that some of the chambers have actually gone under or merged with others because there hasn't been enough really vibrant support that reaches broad, right? And so I want to I want to ask your permission to do something. Do you mind if I do a screen share cuz I want to pull up your website for the St. Louis Business Journal. I mean, first uh, the the St. Louis Business Club. You're a journal now too. Sounds good to me. Okay. Great. So one of the things that I would really like people to understand is <clears throat> what the message is. So if you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, what I'd like you to do is go to stlouisbusinessclub.com and spell out St. I mean, the abbreviation, come on. We don't need these abbreviations all over the place. Let's not be abbreviated. Let's play full out. So it's stlouisbusinessclub.com. And you'll see when you come to the page, I mean, the opening page is beautiful, but I went to a message from the president because I think that what Brian says on here about what it is that the St. Louis Business Club is about in terms of existing to inspire people to do and be their best. And it's, it's not just about your, um, your business life. It's about your personal life and, and having your personal life together so that you can run a great business. But, you know, one of the things um, that, that I want to share with you also is there's only a few places for you to click. So this, this website is built beautifully, by the way. I mean, the branding of it is really pretty. If you're listening to us on the audio please come over to the Partners in Excellence media channel on YouTube because I want you to see what it is that I'm talking about, what we're talking about here. So there's a page about and why would you join the St. Louis Business Club? And, you know, there's the virtual membership, the annex membership, and the customized membership. If you come on here and you click on any one of these, to join. You can subscribe and get the latest newsletter. Brian, where is it on here that people can actually click and join? Well, it we don't have the back end set up because I'm working with a local company to help support them and, and back and forth support one another to uh, offer the infrastructure for what it is that we're building. So okay. we, we currently offer our, our virtual meetings through Zoom and we offer our um, memberships through Square, which I also could halfway consider a local company because the, the oh. founders are, are based out of St. Louis. But um, MembershipWare is another company that's out of OPO Startups, which is another co-working space in the St. Charles area. And we've been trialing that uh, software for the last few months so that they can help support uh, our virtual offerings alongside the membership structure. And so... Right now, it's just based very loosely through Square. I just have people reach out to me, and then we, we build them on a monthly basis. And I'm the type of person that I don't make any excuses for the way things are structured. I just say, listen, 
We're, on, we're all entrepreneurs. We're all small business people. And this is how we have it structured right now. Okay. And we'll evolve as we move into other things. But my goal is to help support a local company that could be the next version of Zoom, uh, which has a combined um, Zoom feature alongside uh, support for co-working spaces in membership wear. And so uh, ultimately, and we're trying to get this done by the first of the year, but I want to have that set up to where people can go directly to membership wear through our portal and sign up for their memberships. But okay. uh, right now it's uh, in true entrepreneur fashion. It's just, hey, if you're ready to sign up, come meet me, come to a meeting and we'll get you signed up. So. So, Brian, where can people find you? Can they send you an email? Of course. I always have uh, folks contact us through the website, which is um, always available. I ask people to email me if they want to reach out to me directly. I have my two platforms, which are kind of represented by our two shows. So it's Brian Lunt at stlouisbusinessclub.com or Brian Lunt at seed level, S-E-E-D level, S-T-L. Dot com. And so I ask folks to send me an email and that way we can connect. My uh, style typically is to invite someone to one of our virtual masterminds or have a one-on-one -on -one meeting. Uh, and that way we get a better understanding of whether we can create a relationship that works well for both sides. So one of the things that I'm going to um, tell people is if when you go to the website, which is stlouisclub.com, and you click on contact, you put in your name and your email and a message, and Brian will get that. Now, here's the advantage to joining. You really, I mean, Brian, your your fees for people joining are so lovely. Yeah. I mean, if somebody wants to join and have a virtual membership, what does it cost them? It's $50 a month, um, and that includes all of our masters presenting on a weekly basis, especially yeah. we're getting everything rolling really nicely in the first quarter of, of 2021. You know, our, our general um, structure is about 30 minutes of introduction, so we have a networking component to it, 30 minutes of education or instruction or lecture mm -hmm. uh, of some sort, and 30 minutes of general discussions so that we can ask questions of the masters that we have who are presenting and really get to know the resources that we have. Um, on top of the virtual offering, we allow folks to utilize our uh, address as a business address, mm -hmm. and ultimately we want to have a large resource network um, listed on our website so mm -hmm. that folks can be connected and know the other people that are in the community. One of the reasons that I've tried to keep it very affordable is because I don't believe that we're out to be an end-all, be-all to anyone. I actually promote often bundling services mm. and so my goal is to try and make it an add-on or something as uh, an additional amenity to other things that we're working on collaboratively with our members mm -hmm. and our resources around town and so all, I look through a lot of strategic partnerships where we can add a business club membership attached to somebody else's membership or offering that they that they provide so I love that so you know when when people are listening to this you know, I want them to know that there there is a call to action here. And the call to action is stop sitting on your potential and get up and move. You know, I, I've been a lifelong entrepreneur since I thought my parents were ripping me off when I was about six years old and giving me this, like, what do you mean, like a nickel a week? <laughs> I remember, um, I, it used to be, I wonder if you remember this, Coins used to be that there was a man dime and a lady dime. 
Yeah, one of the dimes was imprinted with a lady, and the other was printed with a di- with a man. And I had I had two dimes. I had a bunch of change, and so I put the man and the lady dime in my pocket. And I really thought that I, I, they would have like pennies or something or nickels that they would be they would create a family. <laughs> so when I when I you know and, I, and my mother had said to me at one point you know why do you have this dime these two dimes in your pocket all the time. And she'd like, take them out to do the laundry. Why do you have these two dimes? Because don't take them apart. Why? Because I'm going to make money. They're making things. Something's going to happen there. Um, I didn't like the idea of a lockdown, you know, like you're going to get this much a month. So I started trying to figure out ways. Like my father gave me this horrible job of, you know, you could pull the weeds Mm -hmm. over on the side of the garage and I'll give you this much money. And I thought, that is a sickening thought. So I paid other kids like two cents yep. to, to do it. And then he said, how'd you get it done so fast? I said, I got the other kids to do it. So the idea of entrepreneurship, you know, really, when you're really truly an entrepreneur and you have an idea, don't sit on it. Because mm-hmm. ideas, if you look at, if you look at, at uh, uh, Leonardo da Vinci, he was prolific. And why was yeah. he prolific? Well, one of the reasons was is he carried a notebook with him everywhere, and a pad of paper, and he would sketch his ideas. So you know all those fleeting ideas that you get across the course today? Write them down and then do them. Bring them to the St. Louis Business Club. Find Bryant Lutt. Fill his inbox with emails and say, I got to talk to you. I want to join. You know he wants to have coffee and lunch with somebody new every day. I would say, how about breakfast, post-breakfast coffee, pre, pre-lunch pre coffee, how about lunch? <laughs> we'll get y'all scheduled up. So I will say that um, I love ideas. I ideate all the time. Yeah. But but ideas are, are nothing without execution. That's and right. And execution eats the lunch of ideas all day long. All day and long. The one thing that I've noticed in the marketplace is, is the repetition of ideas and also this amazing um, selfishness is too strong of a word, but um, hanging on to an idea as if the idea is valuable in and of itself. Ideas are not valuable without execution and ideas are not as unique as everybody thinks that they are. That's right. That's right. I had session after session where in the same week, three or four people come in with the same idea and they'll say, can you sign this uh, NDA? Can you uh, yeah. make sure you keep the uh, trusted people in the in the room? And I think, you know what? Um, I've heard this idea 16 times this year. So there's nothing about what you're doing. Now, if you have an action plan on how to move forward on that, that could be something interesting and unique. So let's explore that a little bit. Yeah. And the other thing I love to do is take those 16 people and put them all in a room together and say, how can all 16 of you improve the one idea that's the best and let's all go make money on that idea because okay, then it actually then it actually happens and by consensus by group genius we have created something of value to the, the majority of people the the biggest problem i see in creating something is scarcity mindset yeah. versus abundance mindset yeah. it's the exact same thing that happens in st louis with the flavor of it's got to be my way or i have to steer it or i have to be in control uh, one of the best things to move things forward is to relinquish control and just allow it to happen the way that makes the most sense for the most amount of people and creating the most value. 
And if you are valuable to the recipe, you will get compensated. That's a fact. Right, That's right. just the way market economics works. If it's not unique enough or your contribution is not, not unique enough, then you may not get, you know, that value exchange back. And right. so um, I like to get as many people together to talk about their ideas and execution of those ideas. And that's where I believe we can help the most because it's not about making people good about just an idea. Right. It's about picking that idea apart, looking at the plan that they have in place, putting it into action and making sure that they have the right amount of resources and people around them so that they can accelerate that situation. And that's, and that's at the core of what I'm trying to accomplish is let's get as many people together that want to help one another that have value to provide and will get compensated for the value that they provide. And let's do it as efficiently as we possibly can so we can help the most amount of people. I'm going to make an edit on that. I'm going to say you're not trying, you're doing. Thank you. You're welcome. Because what I'm noticing is when I come into your space and and sit in the master's meeting and then you and I get on Zoom calls with people like Dr. G, like uh, like Fies, Khan, like um, Tim Hobbs, these guys are all doing, and you are busy figuring out, okay, we're doing, you're doing, I'm doing, we're doing, and how do we expand that reach and do more? And, yeah. and so, you know, one of the things that, that, I, that I think is really essential for our audience to know too, Brian, is that you're not talking out of the side of your mouth about something that you want to be able to do. You've been doing this. You've launched companies already. You've launched people. As a banker, you help people get their funding and get their, get their whole routine together to go through the process of, even if it was part of a portfolio loan, they had to have everything pulled together so that people inside the bank felt like, you know what, we want to carry this project. We know it. We can feel it. We can see it. We like the personalities. We're going to fund this. So you're not coming at this as a novice. No. This no, is something you really know. That was uh, on purpose. I decided that I had to immerse myself into the ecosystem. I had to trial and error as many organizations and projects as I possibly could in order to speak with some level of experience instead of theory. Mm -hmm. And that's my uh, concern with a lot of educational institutions is that they're teaching on things that they have not done. Yeah. And, and I think that everybody who teaches should have done those things so that you can speak very authentically and realistically on what it is that you did instead of theoretically, which is, I think, gets us in a lot of trouble um, speaking about things. And I say this from once being a very naive and, and young and, um, you know, <laughs> conquer the world type of young person, which I still have plenty of that left. Um, with a I lot of experience threaded through it now. With a little bit of experience, and right. I do now know that that is an essential piece of the recipe. You have to have done something. Yeah. I, think, I think parenting is the greatest teacher in that regard. When you're young and you talk about how you're going to parent, and then you get smacked upside the head with actual parenting, you go, hmm, I don't know a thing. And that's the same thing with becoming an entrepreneur. Right. But it's that entrepreneurial thinking, that critical thinking element that says, I'm going to commit my life to trial and error. I'm going to commit my life to doing things better and learning and never failing because everything I do helps me evolve to the next level. And as long as you can 
keep the spirit inside of you and pay your bills and be a good person to the folks around you, then you're successful. And it's not about creating something that makes you a bazillionaire. Mm -hmm. It's just about having a good life. And that's really what I'm trying to glorify in what I'm doing is how do we create happy people, kind people, people that are having a good life and a good impact on themselves and their society and their surrounding people. So, so good things in the works. Yeah. So our advice at the end of this episode is come back Thursday Mm because we're going to ride a lion (laughs) every Thursday and, and every Monday we will be here. Um, Are we going to do a show on Thursday? It's Christmas Eve. It's the morning of Christmas Eve. Oh, good, good. Yeah. I like, I like just, Let's stay with it. So the idea that I want to leave people with today is that here on Blog Talk Radio, here on the YouTube channel of Partners in Excellence Media, we are the news. And the news is get off your potential and actualize it. And if you want to get it done, go send an email to Brian Lunt at the St. Louis Business Club dot com, right? St. Louis Business Club.com, yes. All right, great. On that note, peace out for another episode here, right, Brian? That's right. Okay, here we go. Hang with me. They're going to say goodbye. <laughs>